Welcome to the latest edition of the ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. I was puzzling over what to talk about this week and decided to go after something that was a little bit on the odd side, maybe even unusual. We are dealing with an unexpected but kind of expected supply chain crisis. As you are probably aware, because it's been all over the press, there is a massive container ship that is stuck sideways in the Suez Canal. This thing is the size of the Empire State Building. It's one of those gigantic container ships that have emerged in the last several years. So maneuvering this is much harder than it would seem. There does not seem to be any tugboats that are large enough to move this behemoth, and it managed to ground itself after an unexpected wind caught it and blew it onto the shores. So, what does this mean other than just giving something to talk about other than COVID-19? Obviously, this has supply chain implications, and and it kind of points up some of the weaknesses in the overall supply chain situation. We've been dealing with this all year, and we will be dealing with it in the years to come. We have gotten used to the just-in-time system. The JIT system was the magic procedure that was going to keep us all from having to worry about inventory. We weren't going to have to worry about losses and building warehouses and all the sort of stuff that comes with storing. Uh, Warehousing has always been a real problem, particularly for industries like those in the ASA. I mean, you've got stuff that has to be taken care of. It has to be kept track of. It sits on your books as a liability that was always good news to be able to reduce reliance on inventory. But the challenge, of course, is that if you reduce your reliance on inventory, you really have to have a strong supply chain that can supply what you need, when you need, without interruption. All last year, we were suffering from supply chain breakdowns because of COVID-19. That's still an issue. I mean, there's 1.4 million seafarers in the world, 900,000 of them come from developing countries. They are not thus far getting access to vaccines. That means that they can't get off their ships in many ports. There are many ports that won't even let the ship dock because of the vaccine issue. And that's slowed down the supply chain all by itself. Then you add in something like this, which, like I said, is unexpected but not unexpected. The congestion in places like the Panama Canal and the Suez Canal and down around the Straits of Malacca and any other place where you have lots of cargo operations, the congestion has been growing exponentially. There are ship collisions every day. There are adverse weather situations every day. Uh, Interruptions are fairly constant. The particular crisis we're dealing with in the Suez, the last estimate is that there were about 800 ships that were trapped and were either having to turn around and find a different route or just wait this out. This is, when is today? The 25th of March, and they're not predicting that this is going to be fixed until sometime second or third week of April. The loads vary. Uh, The majority of the ships that are trapped are either bulk container ships or oil tankers. So almost half of that which is trapped is in the commodity sector. A lot of oil tankers, a lot of bulk commodities. 
about a fourth of it is with container ships. Um, then you've just kind of a mixed collection of of dry bulk haulers and and just you know a motley collection. We've all seen the kind of stuff that shows up in ports. Where this has a real impact is probably on commodity prices. You probably see a bump in oil prices to a degree. Not much of the oil that the U.S. uses comes through the Suez. Uh, Most of the oil that we use is our own, and that which we are getting from overseas frequently comes from West Africa, comes from other parts of the Middle East that don't need to use the Suez. A lot of where that oil is going is to China or to India or to other parts in Asia. So they're going to feel the pinch before the Western nations do. But you're also going to have interruptions in just parts and assemblies and the kind of stuff that is normally flowing from Asia through the Suez Canal into Europe, into the Mediterranean, and then on from there. There are, of course, alternatives, and companies are looking at those now. They're pulling ships out of the Suez, out of the whole whole route and rerouting them down the African coast around the Horn and thus into the Atlantic. But that is expensive and time-consuming. So the takeaway from all this is beyond just the fascination of watching people trying to maneuver a building-sized ship is that supply chains are under more stress than ever and it is becoming incumbent on businesses to manage inventory in ways that they thought they had left behind. Warehouse construction is exploding as far as commercial construction is concerned and for the most obvious of reasons. So from the recommendation point of view, the lesson for many people in the ASA is going to have to go back to the days of managing inventory, trying to decide how much is enough. Is it a two-week supply? Is it a two-month supply? Is it a six-month supply? These days, the further out one goes, the more reliable. Uh, I don't know that it's at the point where companies have to put back six months worth, but two weeks to a month is all of a sudden not quite enough. So we're just going to watch this. Hopefully the news is better in the days to come and, and the ship will be back where it's supposed to be and traffic can move again. But even when it does, I mean, it's it's going to be several weeks, if not the entire summer, before the passages are back to normal. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.